0: Dispense to Children's Church. Dear Lord, we thank you for all of these Kids, Lord God, and youth and those that are working with them downstairs, we just ask that you would bless them, Lord, cover them. Father, they would just have an encounter with you. We thank you for your peace. We thank you for your presence. We thank you that, Lord God, you've reconciled us into a right relationship with you. And Lord, we just ask that as we get into your word that we would be convicted, moved, changed, motivated. Lord, we thank you for your truth. We thank you for your word that you've given us everything we need to live a godly life, to serve you and to seek you. In Jesus' name, and all God's people said, amen. Amen. I have to make a disclaimer. It's not a disclaimer. I have to make a correction. Last week, how many of you were here last week? Quite a few of you. So I like it. I told you I'm open to questions, criticisms within reason, obviously. What I mean by that is if I say something that doesn't sound right, I'm more than happy. So last week I talked about in the message, I brought up how when Jesus was at the the cross, mostly it was women that were there and all the men were gone. Well, John was there, but the point is that most of the women were the ones that stayed and remained. I said that it was all women and all the men took off so i was wrong in the sense that i forgot about john and that was when jesus had mentioned behold your mother and that's when he made that connection for them so i wanted to make sure i clarified that but if you look at matthew mark luke and john there there is that tone and it is true back then when the tomb jesus appeared to the women first and they were the ones that were there and when they did come to The apostles and the the disciples, I mean, they they asked them and said, hey, and they they didn't believe them. And the the reason I was saying that and going there is because, you know, we were speaking about the faithfulness. And a lot of the times we uh, miss that. So is that clear now? Can I continue being a pastor? (laughs) I wanted to make sure that that I corrected myself. So if I misspeak or say anything, I expect you to let me know. Okay. There's nothing wrong with that because I am a person and I don't want to make mistakes. And especially I don't want to make mistakes with the word of God. Amen. So we have a deal. Okay, good. So now if you would turn with me to Romans chapter 14. Romans chapter 14. As you know, we've gone through 13 and you've looked at that. We took some key key parts from that right and that is that we are you know in in regards to submitting to one another and I'm going to sum it up in this it says in Romans 13 verses 10 love your neighbor as yourself love does not harm to does no harm to its neighbor therefore love is the fulfillment of the law okay we've talked over and over again about the conflicts that were happening in the early church at this time between the Gentile believers and the Roman believers and how they were not unified. The enemy loves to bring disunity and confusion, especially in the body of Christ, amen? And we see that even in the world today. The struggles that they had are the same struggles that churches have today. Have you ever wondered why we have so many denominations? Can any of you guess how many denominations that we have that are Protestant or Christian-believing denominations? I can't, there's that many. Does that change the validity of the word of God? No. But a lot of the times what happens is someone has an idea and it could be as simple or something as crazy as the color of the church. How, what do we want to paint the walls? And people would actually fight so much over it that they would split the church in half and go to another church or build another church or go do something else because they wanted it their way. Do you think that happens today? A lot. It does. It still does. Most church splits are because people couldn't get along, and it wasn't even in regards to the fundamentals of Christianity. It was something that was just an opinion or someone that had a conviction about something, but it had nothing to do with the essentials of the faith. What are the essentials of the faith? This side. Love God. Love God. What what, what would be the essentials of being a Christian? The gospel. Clarify even more. Jesus we're saved by faith. Jesus died on the cross and he rose again. Can we have the gospel without that? No. Okay, so we've established that. So you have to believe what? In your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, right? You believe that we're all sinners, we're all saved by grace. We all have unmerited mercy, we get mercy, not because we are great, but because of God's goodness. Right? Those are the fundamentals of the faith, that Jesus Christ died on the cross so that we can have right relationship with him. Now, how does religion fit fit into that? How does religion, okay, what was the problem with the religious leaders of this time? Why couldn't they accept Jesus? They were more interested in their, their rituals, if you will. They didn't like the way he came. Why? We were a warrior. warrior, why? What, because maybe Roman oppression? Right? So they were underneath oppression from Rome. And so to them, their Messiah, their Redeemer, is going to free them from their personal conflict that they were having with the Roman law and the, and the Roman system. Were they oppressed? Yes. But see, they wanted someone that was going to free them from this tangible problem and they weren't looking at the fact that their heart is the problem all what does the bible say about our heart can you know it no how many books are written on you knowing yourself (laughs) self-help positive thinking wearing copper bracelets nothing's wrong with that if you do that for arthritis but you know what i'm saying it's like there's always this new thing or some other thing to get in tune and be the more powerful you and you know i can get that you know it's good to have you know dress for success and and put your mindset and surround yourself with people that are like-minded to an extent But when it comes down to really the essentials of the faith, that's going to be a personal walk with you and God. And you can present yourself to all kinds of people. But as we know throughout scripture, where you are with the Lord is something that you are going to have to give an account for. Right. It doesn't matter what someone else says so much. You might seem like you're totally strong in your faith. And then you you might. some people might think that you're weak in your faith. We're going to look at some of that right now as we look into Romans chapter 14 because it talks about the weak and the strong. So it says in Romans 14, "'Accept him whose faith is weak without passing judgment on disputable matters. One's faith allows him to eat everything, but another man whose faith is weak eats only vegetables. The man who eats everything must not look down on him who does not, And the man who does not eat everything must not condemn the man who does, for God has accepted him. Who are you to judge someone else's servant? To his own master he stands or falls, and he will stand for the Lord, for the Lord is able to make him stand. One man considers one day more sacred than another, another man considers every day alike. Each one should be fully convinced in his own mind. He who regards one day as special does so to the Lord, and he who eats meat eats to the Lord, for he gives thanks to God, and he who abstains does so to the Lord and gives thanks to God. For none of us lives to himself alone, and none of us dies to himself alone. If we live, we live to the Lord, and if we die, we die to the Lord. So whether we live or die, we belong to the Lord. Now I want to break this down. The problem they were having is, the, there, was, there was meat that was sacrificed to idols in the pagan system. They would sacrifice uh, animals and, and say, hey, we sacrifice this to these deities. And when, when, they, when they would do that, there would be the meat left over because obviously the deities can't eat the meat, right? And so there were people saying, hey, what are you doing eating this? This was sacrificed to idols. You're supposed to be a Christian. Christians don't eat things sacrificed to idols. Right? And that was one aspect. Another aspect was hey, if you're eating meat and I'm a vegan, meat is murder. Why are you eating meat? There's blood in the meat. And then they would take, the Jewish would take that Old Testament uh, rules and they would apply it to the Gentiles. So there was this disconnect, right? Some liked to hunt and eat the meat, and some only ate vegetables. So they were judging one another based on what they chose to do, as saying, hey, you're not as spiritual as we are because you are doing this. And that brought disunity. Does that happen in the church today? Examples would be, I was uh, praying for a friend when I first came to the Lord. It was actually a couple years after I'd given my life for the Lord, wanting to go into the ministry a long time ago. And I had been praying for a friend and I had a list of people that I would pray for and I finally got to where my friend would invited me over, and I shared the Word of God with him, and I gave him a Bible. It was an NIV, and that's what we usually read from. Now, we'll talk, and we're gonna do a whole study on the different interpretations of the Bible, or different translations, I mean, and you'll see that's a different story. I don't wanna go down that right now. But at this time, a guy came over that had met him, and he was a pastor from another church. He's not here anymore, and the church isn't even here. But he said, hey, You know, you gave him in front of him after I had spent time praying and he gave his life to the Lord and I gave him the Bible. And he says, you know, you gave him the nearly inspired version. The only inspired word of God is King James only. Now, I believe the King James only, which just a quick breakdown for you is more word for word as close as it can be in its original text. But remember, Hebrew and Greek and Aramaic was not written in English. There are some words that we can get as close as we can, and then we would have those notes in the bottom of your Bible that would explain that. So what he had done is come in there and threw doubt on everything. He didn't even know my friend, and it really caused my friend to stumble because he was like, wait, wait a second. And that's the big people say, well, the word of God has been altered over the years, and it's not to the original text. And if you were a Muslim, you would say, well, we can't accept the Bible because the Bible is tainted. It's not original. It's been changed throughout time. But you know what the truth is? We have more copies of the Bible than any other piece of literature in history in more different translations and languages, or let me say languages, not so much translation, languages than any other text in history, enough that it's really significant. And from that, the story of Jesus Christ dying on the cross, raising from the dead for our sins is not changed in any of them. None of them. None. But he had the idea that, hey, you're giving him not the word. And I just thought, I was so upset because he cared more about something. And I get it. I can look at translations. NIV is a thought-for-thought Bible. The message is a thought-for-thought Bible. Let me break that down in a way. They take the text, you get a bunch of scholars that sit down, and they try to convey the message as it would be in more modern language so people can understand. I used to read and preach from King James Version all the time. If I did that here all the time, a lot of you would be like this. <laughs> and that's not an insult. It's hard for me when you step away from it. But the word, I think it's like a tool. I like to look at the original language as close as I can. And when I study for the messages, I pull from all of those things. But the message does not change okay so when we're talking about unity what is real unity then we are unified as christians on the fact that Jesus Christ died on the cross for us, and it wasn't because we were perfect, it's because he first loved us so that we could be in a right relationship with him. That's first and foremost the most important thing. And when you realize that God died for you and loves you and to restore a relationship with you because he loves you, and if you were the only person in this room, he would still do it for you. When you look at it that sense and you accept this love that you do not deserve, it's easier for you to forgive and love others. That is the life-changing message of the gospel that we are children of God when you give your life to Christ. The other things that come in line, the disagreements in all the different churches, if you really look at it, even in all the denominations, there isn't really a whole lot of difference. All of the the arguments or the the, the, um, disagreements, if you will, are pretty much the same throughout history, right? They're pretty much the same. And so it comes down to um, the the way we have to kind of look at it is, let me put my glasses on, what it comes down to is your personal conviction and the word of God. You might be convicted about something, and that's fine for you. You might be convicted about that, but it's when you put that conviction on something that isn't um, in the Word of God specifically, you, and you judge someone else, you are in the wrong. Does that make sense? It, you can have a personal conviction, but as a Christian, I'm supposed to be sensitive to your convictions even if I don't fully agree with them. Now, this isn't in regards to sin, like, well, you know, I believe it's okay to run around and party And be with multiple partners, because you know what, I just think, hey, there's liberty and freedom in Christ. No, that's not what this is saying. We already know that's against the word of God. It's outside of that realm. Like, okay, God, the holy day is only on Saturday and not Sunday. If you go to church on Sunday, you are living in sin and you are an apostate church. People believe that. People believe that. Or if you don't go to this denomination, you can't be saved because this is the one that God saves. I mean, I don't know how they get this in the, in the word of God. I don't know how you can even come to some of these conclusions because it's not there. Or some disagreements would be, well, if you don't believe in the power of the Holy Spirit the same exact way that we do, then you are limiting the Holy Spirit and you are therefore denying him. I've heard that too. If you don't believe that God moves in all the gifts of the Spirit, which personally I do, I believe the gifts of the Spirit are not dead. They are alive and active today, 100%. I also believe it's one of the most abused parts in the church in the world today, just like it was in Corinthians. It was abused back then because when we have people all together, there's gonna be some disagreements. How many type A's? If we were all type A's in this building, How well would that go? Right? That's why it says iron sharpens iron. That's why it's hard in the body of Christ. That's why we're all part of the body. We're all fitly joined together. Everybody supplies to one another. Your gift is needed in this building with the people in here just as much as mine is. Whether or not you're walking in it, that's between you and God. But if you wanna have fruit and enjoy the things in your life, it's gonna come from you submitting to God and asking him and letting those gifts come out and benefit the body of Christ. Not just in this building, but anyone that's a professing Christian, right? There is something that happens when we are unified in Christ. There's something you can see when someone else believes what you do, even sometimes before they speak, you can sense by the spirit a connection. Have you ever had that? A peace, right? So as we're looking at this and we begin to, to break it down, there was, he was wanting to encourage them because they weren't even hanging out together over food, over the celebration. Some people even in the faith, I think it's because deep down, it's easier to fall back into religious practices than it is submit, to submit to God. It's easier to fall into form than it is to submit daily to God. Then I can just kind of compartmentalize my faith and I do this and I do that, and these could be great things. But if you're not submitting as a person to God in your own personal life, then none of that matters, right? Religion is, it was, was there, and, and, and the law, and all of that was to show us that we need a Savior, and now that we can see that we have a Savior in Christ Jesus, our walk with Him is really dependent not on what someone else is doing, but what you are doing. What are you doing with that revealed knowledge that God has given you, Right? And so do not cause anyone to stumble. Who are you to judge? Don't judge someone else. And we talked about that last week when they were talking and Jesus, you know, Peter blew it, right? Remember when he blew it? And he's like, right when Jesus is having, like Jesus is having a moment with him and he's so concerned about what about John, right? Doesn't that show our heart? What about that person, Lord? And we compare ourselves to somebody else. Why? Why? The most freeing thing you can do for one in your life is stop comparing yourself to someone else. What they have, what job they have, what relationship you think they have, all of those things. When you compare, you are hindering yourself because it doesn't matter what they have, it matters who you are in Christ. And when you're comparing, you're not walking in that. You're walking in an idea and an ideology of what you think a life is, and that, oh, if I had this and I had that, everything would work. That's a facade. It works when we walk and stay in tune with Christ, amen? But we compare because we want to know how we measure up. How are we doing? This tells us how we're doing, and we all need to look in a mirror, and when we do, we can see we all got some work to do, amen? Be the change you want to see instead of putting it on someone else to do it. That's what we do as humans, isn't it? We'll look at everyone else and blame other people because we don't want to take responsibility. Christians are to take responsibility for their actions and walk in truth. Be that change. Be what you see lacking in the church. The church is full of people that are hurting, broken. At least you're here because you want to grow in your walk with God. And then there's people who go, I can't come to church because I still drink. So? come to you're not going to quit drinking unless you're convicted about it and the lord will give you a conviction about it and maybe you should quit drinking because you are prone to addiction where other people might be able to have a glass of wine at a restaurant and not turn into a belligerent drunk because they know how to say no but you know what even if you have that liberty as a christian you are not to cause someone else to stumble you are not to use your liberties to cause someone else to stumble does that make sense And people go, well, I can't, did Pastor Sean just say, you can have wine? Your walk with God is your walk with God. I can tell you that in my personal life, I have to watch myself with that stuff because I used to be a really good, bad drunk, right? When you drink and you have to do something every day to cope with life, it's probably ruining your life. And it's not just alcohol. It could be anything that you go to instead of God to try to get peace. I know I'm not the only one that used to self-medicate in this place. And I say that to encourage you because this is where it's at. You guys got all quiet. It convicts me too, brother. Straight up. I go home and I gotta battle this stuff, right? Everything I preach on, I deal with all week. I mean, just like you guys do, right? Because when you're making a difference in your life and you're you're making changes that are good the devil doesn't like it if you're if you're making waves the devil doesn't like it and he comes against you but be encouraged you know what greater is he than he that is in the world and there's nothing more awesome than watching God work through your life to impact someone else who would never heard of the gospel the way that you have, in the sense that they only see what they've heard or that one relative that was so zealot and crazy that, you know, they didn't see the love and the mercy and the grace. They just saw the judgment. And yes, God is a God of judgment, but he gives us grace and mercy, amen? And so one, you, we can't just show one. We need to show that God is a God. You got to meet the need you got to make a difference in someone's life. And then that door opens and you get to share the gospel of Jesus, amen? Does that make sense? I'm not watering that down. But you got to ask yourself, you know, because we're all called to water, plant. Some of you are going to water the seed that someone else planted and some of us will harvest. But in America, we all want to harvest. And we try to start harvesting before the seeds planted. Does that make sense? Sometimes it's just a seed. Well, I don't know why you go to church. It's filled with hypocrites and all this and all. You know what I would say to that? I'm sorry to hear that. What what happened? Did you have a bad experience? And I'd leave it at that. When they open up, you wait for another opportunity. Maybe it's not for you to fix everything at once. That's a westernized idea. Sometimes it's a process. Even Jesus said to the disciples when they were frustrated, he said, well, some of this comes out by prayer and fasting it's not an instantaneous we want it right now sometimes the work is a process usually if people have a a problem with the church it's because they've been hurt by the church and you know what i get i bet you if all of us were honest all of us have been hurt by or something in a church or a church body at one time or another i know i have does that mean it was christ no it's people And the problem is, it's easy to say, I don't want to go because if you look at people long enough, you will be disappointed and frustrated, and then it makes it easier for you to walk away from the truth that you know. And the devil knows it, and he will love it. He loves it to say, yeah, they don't care about you. They never called on you. They weren't there for you. When the truth is, maybe nobody knew because you were isolating yourself, right? That's what I'm talking about. We're all prone to these things. I'm saying, deep down, the body of Christ is unified. But on the outside of the world, it's not a unity in the world where we're all gonna sing kumbaya. We might have differences, but if people believe in the core principles of the faith of Jesus Christ, that's enough for us to be unified. Amen? And if it's something of that's not really a... a, a um, uh, argumentative factor over the fundamentals if it's you know you can't if someone says well Jesus didn't come back in the flesh well that's a problem if someone said Jesus is just an idea just a great way to take what he had it's metaphorical stories they're not literal that's a problem because I do believe Jesus literally raised from the dead right so there's, a, there's those things but you got to ask yourself those are important that we understand now down in verse uh, 17 or verse 9 for this very reason, Christ died and returned to life so that he might be the Lord of both the dead and the living. You and you, then, why do you judge your brother or why do you look down on your brother? For we will all stand before God's judgment seat. It is written, as surely as I live, says the Lord, and that translation for Lord is Adonai, okay, which speaks of the highest respect, honor, and reverence, okay, of both the living and the dead, then you, why do you judge your brother or why do you look down on your brother? For we will all stand before God's judgment seat as it is written. As surely as I live, says the Lord, every knee will bow before me and every tongue will confess to God. So then each of us will give an account of himself to God. Therefore, let us stop passing judgment on one another. Instead, make up your mind not to put any stumbling block obstacle in your brother's way has one who is in the Lord Jesus I am fully convinced that no food is unclean in itself but if anyone regards something as unclean then for him it is unclean if your brother is distressed because of what you eat you are no longer acting in love do not by your eating destroy your brother for whom Christ has died it seems pretty simple right So that goes in the same sense for if you have liberty in certain things that are not in regards to, it's not about walking in sin. But in this particular case, there are people that would be really upset. It used to be that some denominations even believed that if you have a drum set like this one, you might as well be worshiping the devil because percussion and drums is of the devil. Not found in here. Some people say that if you get excited and you worship the Lord, And you dance a little well you shouldn't be a distraction but if you dance a little you know while you're worshiping the lord that that's a sin not in here what did david do he danced what did his wife do she criticized you see what i mean we don't want to be those that criticize other people If they have a freedom or a different... Now, you know what's funny? When you think about weak and strong, you would think the most disciplined, rigid person is the strong one. But in this context, they're the weak ones. Because they still think that that's what it takes to be right with God. Not a broken spirit and a contrite heart that the Lord will not deny. No, they think that their form gets them there. They think by observing certain feasts and celebrations get them there. They believe that not eating meat gets them there. They're forgetting that it's Jesus who gets them there. Big difference. Like I said, it's easier to fall into form when we don't want to submit humbly before the Lord. One has fruit, one does not. Fruit, what does it say? You will know them by their fruit. If someone loves the Lord and is a professing Christian, you will see fruit in their life. You will see patience in their life. You will, they might not be perfect. No one's saying they're going to be perfect, but you will see that there is something distinctly different about them than those that are in the world, amen? That's to be me and you. We are to be different. When a problem comes from the world, we are to address it differently. As if someone is truly speaking to God, when you have a problem in the world, you can call on the Most High God who will intervene. Do you know Jesus is praying for you? He prayed for his disciples, and he's praying for you and me. He's given us the Holy Spirit. And what does it say the Holy Spirit will do in the word of God? What will, what's one of the things he'll do? He's a comforter, right? He's a counselor. How many of you need counseling? Guess what? God gave us a counselor. he give you understanding. It says he will guide you and lead you into all truth. If your heart is in a place because you want to receive from the Lord, he will give to you. When we seek him with all of our heart, mind, body, soul, will, and we give that to him, you will not be disappointed. But that's the catalyst. It can't be some other way of like, oh, well, I'm going to do this and that. If you're super critical, some of us are critical. If you're critical, I would say you're critical because you're insecure with yourself and where you are with God, so you have to constantly judge others because you have no confidence in yourself. And because you don't have confidence in yourself, you'd rather tear others down because you know what? When it comes to God working on you, it's just easier to look at others. We all might have that in one way or another, but most people that are super critical, you gotta go, where's the fruit? Where's the fruit in your life? Ask yourself. If you're critical, it's either because you've been hurt and let down, so you use it as a protection way to protect yourself from others, so you're gonna break them down so that you can be safe. Not healthy, but understandable if you had a traumatic, traumatic life growing up, right? But you've got to understand, we're new creatures in Christ Jesus. He gives you a new mind. You don't have to live and look that way anymore. God will give you wisdom and protection, amen? So I say that because in the church, I've seen it, and I've been critical. Because the problem in this church at this time, a lot of people were upset with the weak Christians, And then the strong Christians who were those that had a freedom to know that, hey, it's Christ that saves us. I'm going to eat this food because I'm hungry. Where they're like, I can't believe he's eating that food. Oh, my. What a a pagan to eat that food. It's the same in the church today. How could they not read the King James every day? Mm. Right? How could they not? I mean, there's people that if they get hung up on that, they're missing the point. They're missing that God's in control. Who looks at the heart? God does. It says in the word of God, right? Man looks at the outward appearance. The Lord looks at our heart. He knows your heart better than you do. And we are to guard it, for out of it are the wellsprings of life. God knows your heart, You're where you are in your walk. It doesn't matter what someone else thinks. It's like people that even in the faith, Christians say the dumb, dumbest things. If you're in a trial, you might have heard this. When you're going through a heartache that is so unbearable, all you could do is go in the other room and scream and cry really, really loud because you're just, I don't know if some of you, in your life you will come to a moment where the pain is so unbearable and the the frustration is so hard, you can't contain it anymore and you will wail. Usually over a loss of a loved one or something horrible that has happened and you can't contain it and you will wail. There's nothing worse than a Christian that shows up and says, well, God won't give you more than you can handle. Shut up. Put your face in this. But even as Christians, we're to give grace to those weaker brothers and sisters that just want to help, but they don't know how, so they say the darndest things. Look at it that way. Usually, when we want to help, we feel like we got to fill the room with something. And sometimes, you just being there, giving water to the cats and dogs and mowing a lawn or helping someone, some people go, What do I do when someone's in suffering and grief? You can't fix it for one, but you can be the hands and feet of Jesus that meets a need. And if god gives you something on your heart to say for all means say it but don't just speak because you feel like you need to that's more for you than them amen as christians we all have issues all come from diverse backgrounds hardship heartache blessed not feeling blessed turmoil all kinds of these things that bring us into this place and we're learning oh my gosh i'm a child of god i don't know how to decipher this and go through this that's what the body of christ is for we are called out and called apart unto god and as we do that we begin to grow and truly get fashioned into who he's created us to be it's not a religious attitude as much as it is a changed life it being renewed and saying god i need you in this i can't get through it this hardship this struggle if you cause someone to stumble own up to it don't cause your brother to stumble we're supposed to care so much about our brothers sisters in christ that we're willing to sacrifice something on ourselves so that they may grow in him that's true unity amen some people go well i feel like i can have a glass of wine why would you have a glass of wine if you know it might cause a brother who's a recovering alcoholic why would you have a glass of wine in front of him shame on you it's also with wives are like my husband's an alcoholic but yet you want to have a beer in the fridge how does that work? And I'm not judging you. If you want to truly help, that means you're willing to sacrifice something that you might have freedom in for the betterment of that other person. Right? I mean, that's, I'm just saying that because it's not a you and me thing. It's a us. We're one flesh in the, when you're married. Or even in your walk, brothers and sisters, I, it's my job to look out for you. It's my job to look out for you and the things that you might be convicted about because you don't understand certain freedoms. And I'm not saying, Sean said we can drink, whatever. I'm saying, don't cause your brother to stumble, whether it's that, music, whatever. You should know, you should be offended. When I see things, and I I barely watch anything other than golf now. One, I love golf a lot. And two, it's kind of pure. I don't have to worry about some scene flying in there that doesn't even fit the narrative. And I have to go, what is that? You all know what I'm talking about. They try to do the little snatcheroo. You're watching a show, you're like, this is a wholesome show. And then the next scene, whoa, whoa, kids, whoa. They know that. They plan it. Oh, yeah, let's get them in real nice. Sex scene. Whoa, that didn't, I don't even know who that person is. They're not even in the movie right you're laughing because you know it's true right it's frustrating just give up on it then don't watch it not because I think I'm better but because it offends me now some things just are offensive certain music offensive I just maybe I'm just getting older you know it's like noise there's no purpose I want to grow I want to learn right so did pastor Saw say you can all drink no, if you can drink and not cause problems, more power to you, but some of us can't, all right? Some of us stumble. Keep in mind, anything that takes you from this is gonna hurt you. If you wanna grow, it starts here. And you know what? To truly grow together, you can't isolate yourself. We need to work together as the body of Christ, amen? If your brother is distressed because of what you eat, you are no longer acting in love, Do not by eating destroy your brother for whom Christ died. Do not allow what you consider good to be spoken of as evil. For the kingdom of God is not about a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Because anyone who serves Christ in this way is pleasing to God and approved by men. And approved by men. If you remember, we are called to be at peace with those that are within and even without the church. Amen? We are called to be at peace. Now, I'm going to end with this. As we go through this, I want you to hear what Jesus says about unity. Because I think that true unity is always going to be there, even though the world won't see it. The world will say the church is, dis, is, is not unified. Like I said, I had a guy come in here. He was running for a senator position. I don't even remember his name. But I felt like it was a God. God used that to show me what the world thinks. He says, wouldn't it be great for all the churches to be unified? And that's when I knew that he didn't know the Lord. But he was pretending to be a christian and i said what makes you think the church isn't unified oh well we, uh, because you know we you know, what we don't have a this is how you know that those are in christ because they believe that jesus christ died and rose again and came back in the flesh anything else is the spirit of the antichrist that's what the word says i know it's hard some people go well, i don't know if i can believe in that you know what how's that working out for you I don't judge people if they've been... But you know what? I think God's already put the eternity in the heart of man. People know there's something already planted in there. All the people you see in this world, there's something planted in there. It's our job to pray, to water, and possibly harvest. That's it. God leads them. No one can come to God unless he first draws them. But it is our job to be aware of our surroundings and to preach the good news of Christ. in and Be ready in and out of season to give a hope that you have. All of us in and out of season that means hey today you weren't planning on it but you need to live it right to give a reason why you have hope in christ because the world is fighting constantly against the truth there's all kinds of false teachings out there that lead people astray and it's all based on self uh, you know lifting someone else and puffing themselves up and all these other things than it is in truly submitting to christ amen So as we go from here, it says in John chapter 17, and read this, read all of John 17. This is when Jesus is beginning to pray for his disciples because he knows where he's going to go. And he says in John chapter 17, I'm going to pick it up in verse 11. I will remain in the world no longer. This is Jesus. But they are still in the world. He's praying to his father. And I am coming to you, Holy Father. Protect them by the power of your name, the name you gave me so that they may be one as we are one. While I was with them, I protected them and kept them safe by the name you gave me. None has been lost except the one doomed to destruction. That's the enemy. So the scripture would be fulfilled. I am coming to you now, but I say these things while I am still in the world so that they may have the full measure of my joy within them. As Christians, we are to have a joy inside of our hearts. Full measure of joy. And when you're walking right with God, it doesn't matter what the world throws at you. You're going to still have joy in your heart because you know this isn't what it's all about. You know it's about him. And you know what? Even if this situation might be hard, he's going to get you through it. It might not be the way you want, but you will be okay. The joy of the Lord, just as it was the strength for Christ to endure the cross, that same joy can be in you and me. The problem is we need more Christians showing the joy of Christ instead of, hey, the world's plaguing me and getting me down. Amen? I'm preaching to myself. Because I'm sure my wife might remind me when I get home. (laughs) I mean that in a good way. (laughs) I have given you, them, your word, and the world has hated them. Oh, wait, you mean the world doesn't like us? No, read John 15. They might, people might not like you, and they don't even know you because it's the Spirit of God that resides inside of you. Did you know that you can have the Holy Spirit in you? It makes people uneasy, and you're not even saying anything to them. Did you know that? Just know it's not a personal. Don't take it personal. Christians, we need to stop taking certain things personal. It's not about you. It's about their battle. They're just trying to make it about you. It's about what they're going through and they're wrestling with God and they will take it out on you. I don't think they mean to, they just do, right? That enemy, that darkness, those lies come out. It says, for the word and the world has hated them for they are not of the world any more than I am of the world. My prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. They are not of the world, even as I am not of it. Sanctify them by your truth, that's the word of God. Your, truth is tr- your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. For them I sanctify myself, that they too may be truly sanctified. My prayer is not now this check this out. This is specifically for us today. My prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will hear believe in me through their message. Is that you and me? Jesus is praying. I believe me through their message that all of them may be one. Father, just as you are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you have given me, that they may be one as we are one. I in them and you in me, may they be brought to complete unity to let the world know that you sent me and I have loved them even as you have loved me. God wants us to be unified and there's certain things that aren't a matter of of people make a big deal and it shouldn't be. It needs to come down to the gospel. There will always be factions and things like that but true unity doesn't have to be out on a street corner and we're all holding the same sign. True unity comes from who you know in Christ and how you can give grace and mercy to someone else that might be still in that religious form. Now I'm not saying it religion in itself and being you know it is if that supersedes your walk with god you can make that a scapegoat it comes down to who are you are you sensitive to the lord do you want to know him and when someone comes are you making that opportunity to share because that is how we all grow especially in this building right now we all need each other amen would you stand with me Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Amen. And as Jesus said, he has come to give us life and to the full. That's what he said. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He has come to give us so we need to live and walk in that joy and share it with those that do not know him. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you that God, you give us what we need no matter what trial or struggle we're in. If we truly come before you, Lord, you can bring us that dividing line that plumb line which is your word and we can slowly begin to rebuild our lives around that where you're the cornerstone of our life our relationships that lord god you begin to restore us just as the psalmist said lord that we would be restored you restore our souls you bring us back into that place of intimacy with you so lord help us see if we cause a brother or sister to stumble Help us put others above ourselves when it comes to liberties. And just as even Paul said, you know, all things may be lawful in some sense, but not all things are profitable. May we look at the decisions we make and go, "Mm, is there going to be, is it profitable? Is it wise? Is it worth it? Lord, I thank you for your goodness. I thank you that those are here today. And we thank you for your love that, Lord, you truly do want us to walk in that true sense of the way of, of unified with each other under one spirit, which is you. So Lord, as we continue to go through this week, may we think of our brothers and sisters in Christ. May you give us divine appointments to either plant a seed, water, or harvest and share of what you're doing. Lord, I ask that you would bless this potluck today and those in the fellowship afterwards. Bless those working in the coffee bar and all serving in this church, Lord, and all the upcoming Bible studies and things that we have planned. Lord, we do this to glorify you and to build healthy relationships. So Lord, we thank you for that. We ask that you would bless this time and all God's people said, amen. Also next week, we're gonna be doing a baptism. So if you have thought about being baptized and you've been, it's been on your heart, contact the office, just call the office and, and let them know and we will get with you and we can get baptized next week. We're gonna do that, it's gonna be wonderful. I encourage you to come and be a part of that, be in prayer for it and may you have a blessed week, amen.